0: Yo, it is I, Troy, a.k.a. the Wayfair, a.k.a. Quinn Quarantino, a.k.a. the Banter Boss, a.k.a. Jon Snow, host of the Self-Medicated Podcast. And we're going to go ahead and knock out our housekeeping for this week right off the top. Uh, make sure you go follow us on Instagram at the Self-Medicated Podcast. We're at the Self-Med Pod on Instagram um, and pretty much wherever you can listen to podcasts. Go find us, subscribe, leave a review wherever you're listening to this at. Spotify, Apple Music. Twitcher, Stitcher, <laughs> Twitcher. Twitcher, Stitcher, then you can buy all the, the platforms. things. Yeah, <laughs> We're we on all the platforms, so just go find us. We'll get on Twitch eventually. Eventually. Oh, we should stream something on Twitch. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this week's organic shout out goes to the Fake Deep Podcast. So I'm about to throw uh, three different ads at y'all, so pay attention. The Fake Deep Podcast is hosted by at the KJ special, straight like that. Also, Thickums underscore T. And a Feeny Grace, just like that. So this podcast is your weekly deep dive into social media, current events, and all that artificial shit. Um, and it's super dope. They've been showing love, and uh, their shit is lit. Fake Deep is a great name for a podcast. Um, I feel like it gives, you know, the option to talk about a lot of shit. Yeah. Fake Deep. Might but, to do a cross. Yeah. Podcast. This sounds like doing. some shit that that sounds insane. like some cross promo type shit that we we would probably be interested in. So yeah, make sure y'all go uh, follow them. They're at Fake Deep the Podcast on Instagram. Uh, I told you all of the hosts at. Make sure y'all tell them that the self. Make sure you tell them that the yeah, self medicated podcast that sent you. Yeah, don't sell them shit, sure, nigga. Yeah, this ain't. Oh damn, there was so many entourages <laughs> there, <laughs> but. Um, Yeah, it is what it is. Let's go ahead and start the show. Oh, man, that sounds so beautiful. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the self-medicated podcast for August 3rd. Yeah, August 3rd. That's about right. Uh, as always, I am your host, Troy Aleem, aka The Wayfarer, aka Young Quinn Quarantino, aka The Banter Boss, aka Young John Snow, because I know nothing. No, I lie. <laughs> young John Snow, because I know nothing. Mr. Super Cajafragilistic missed me with that bullshit. Here, as always, with my co host, Captain of the Igloo, Young Popular and Friendly, aka The Box Hunter, <laughs> aka One Pop Poppy. And uh, yeah, you know what it is. It's a self-medicated podcast,
1: man. How is, how are you doing? How was your week? It was a, it was an interesting week. I came across my first um, person that was an outright um, Corona conspiracist. Ooh, tell me more. So I was giving this guy a ride. Pause. Yo. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> I was driving Lyft and I had a passenger there we go. that I picked up and um, he wanted to go to 7 Eleven. Okay. So, um, you know, on the way, it was like a five minute drive. So he was going to 7 Eleven and going back home. So, because I have my mask on and shit and I, and I have a sanitizer and stuff in the background and a can of Clor- Clorox. <laughs> A can, of, uh, a can of Lysol. <laughs> where you get that from? <laughs> <And then> you <laughs> get same so, uh, you know, he was like, "You believe in all this shit?" And I didn't know where he was going when he asked me that. I was like, yeah, "I don't know, man. It's a lot of information you're hearing about everything. I'm not quite sure what to think." I was like, right. "I was like, it's like every day you hear something different. I'm still trying to put together what's happening exactly." He was like, "Well, he's like, I don't believe none of this." And this nigga leaned forward. I'm like. Okay, you don't
0: gotta be right, but not believe (laughs) it.
1: So he was like, "Uh, "Yeah, I had it." He was like, "I had Corona. I only had it for three days. It was like having the flu. I don't understand why they're making such a big deal out of it." Uh, yeah, people just people with underlying conditions are only people having problems with it. I, I didn't have any issues. You know, the doctor was like, "You know, just power through it, and you'd be all good." I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, well, you know, yeah, I know a few people that have gotten it. And I was like, I, I worked with three people. They got it. They seem to be doing fine. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I do have a friend. Both his parents got it. And his father passed away. His mother was fine. I don't know if his father had any underlying conditions, but I know uh, uh, he died from it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hmm. And well, I have a doctor friend. And niggas love saying that. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, and he told me that you know, it's not as bad, and wearing masks doesn't do anything. He was like, wearing a mask is like having uh, using chicken wire to stop uh, dust. I was like, oh, that's an interesting analogy. I was like, all right. Is that what it's like? like yeah. Then he was like, uh, you he went into the 7-Eleven. He was like, you want anything? I'm like, no, nah, I'm good, man. He like, <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> he was like, you sure? I'm like, I'm good. He was like, I see you don't got nothing up there. You want something? I was like, no, nah, I appreciate it, which I do, because people rarely offer you shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh. He gets off the car, goes to Seven Eleven. He's in there for ten minutes. How the fuck he went to Seven Eleven with no mask and got a shit is beyond me. I'm assuming there's some kind of white privilege there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he gets back in the car. I start. I drive out the parking lot and make a left to head back to this place. Then he was like, uh, "You ever been to Chinatown? What's up with Chinatown?" I thought he was talking about like the COVID shit. I was like, yeah, it's been a while. I haven't really been since uh, I think it was in February, and I picked some students up and I was dropping them off at a party. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he flipped it on me. I didn't expect him to come from this angle. He was like, uh, yeah, I was working across from the whatever square they have. It was where they had these statues in Chinatown, if you mm-hmm. in Chicago. You know where those statues are in Chinatown. And he was like, he was like, and they can't drive. I was like, what? Goddamn. I was like, oh. I was like, I never really had a problem down there, but, you know, Mm -hmm. that is a stereotype. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, yeah. It's like they don't follow any kind of rules of the road. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, yeah, I never had any issues. He's like, yeah. I remember one time on the news about 10 years ago, it was this Korean woman that tried to take the driving test she couldn't pass it. He was like, I think she took it like 900 or something times. God damn! And like, I had to look that shit up. And it was 960 times. And, oh, it was it it was, was a, a bullshit? No, it was a real story. 960 <laughs> times? Yeah. She was basically taking it a few times a week for years. <laughs> and he was like, see, they just give licenses to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I got a nephew. That motherfucker's legally blind. They gave him a license. Damn. <laughs> and then he was like, um, this is the part that threw me off. He was like, yeah, they just give licenses to anybody. And he was like, you don't even really need a driver's license. I was like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> he was like, yeah, you don't need one to drive. You only need a driver's license if you're doing driving for uh, commercial purposes. Like if you're a limo driver, you're doing a lift, or you're a delivery driver, truck driver. Or your ass turn your blinking signal on too <laughs> right. late. And like, uh, <laughs> he was like, yeah. He was like, in 1906, Chicago was actually one of the first places where they made that distinction within the law. And you don't need a license to drive. He's like, if you go on YouTube, I was like, oh god, Here we go. <laughs> you go on YouTube. You don't see videos of people doing it. And the police officers that know the law will be like, well, you're right. We're gonna leave you. You have a good day, sir or ma'am or whatever.
0: That's the ones that know the law. About the <laughs> like, that
1: don't. None of them niggas know the law. So you said he was setting me up to get my black ass whooped. Yeah, pretty. Good. <laughs> then when he got out the car, before he got out the car, he was like, yeah, uh, you know what, Trump, if he wants to get reelected again. You think he get rid of some of these petty laws, like the one I told you about the licenses. I was like, yeah, people probably would appreciate that. And he was like, yeah, and I write him letters all the time. I was like, okay, bro. Uh, <laughs> this nigga's wild. You, sir, have been exposed. <laughs> so he got out the car. I was like, have a good night. I was like, man, I, that was this all happened in like, Ten minutes of driving. I was
0: gonna say this is (laughs) He went through a a lot. lot.
1: That's a lot. He went through the whole gamut. That was probably the most interesting part of my week is talking to him because he was all over the goddamn place. I
0: wonder if that's how a lot of uh Trump supporters are. Mm. Is they don't necessarily have the uh, the social cachet to socialize and conversate (laughs) around things like that very Mm. often.
1: I don't know why he thought he could speak freely to me though as a black person. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, I would assume he would speak like that to a white person or well, someone. Well, I think it's because I like, saw "Make America Great Again" hat on my head. He probably would have went in even more, honestly. But yeah, that was that was odd to me.
0: What I think it is is because I think that white people think that when you're at work, you're gonna act like you're at work.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
0: Right. I remember being at several kind of retail jobs and just certain shit that white people would say. It's like, I know how I look. <laughs> I know good and well there was no other circumstance besides me ringing up your motherfucking groceries the where you would say top. some shit like that to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So I wonder if that's like Maybe his comfortability level, huh. saying that to you, like, oh, you're at work, you want your job, you're not going to, you know what I'm saying? You're not going to make this uncomfortable to the point where it's going to be a problem for me.
1: I wonder if that's how white people look at shit. I I feel like I would have to be white to know. That's true. I didn't get that impression from him. He seemed like a nice guy.
0: Maybe a little
1: misguided? <sighs> Just a smidge. <laughs> And like, it wasn't enough time to really break down shit with him. And like, most of the time when the passengers in the car, I just let them niggas get their shit off. I don't. Yeah. I don't care. It it doesn't really matter that much to me. Right. I'm never gonna see this person again. Uh, maybe yeah. I'm. hmm. Or it could just be specific to him. He just doesn't have anybody to talk to, and he's like, I'm gonna get this off my chest. Yeah, for sure. He might have wrote
0: a think piece and then <laughs> didn't quite send it. And if you send sending like, letters
1: to Trump. I feel like you have to be a specific type of person That's to do true. that. You probably don't have really a lot of people to talk to about your ideas. Does he address them to Donald J? Trump? <laughs> Donald Trump. I think he just said Trump. Trump. Trumpito. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's real. Um,
0: what, was the, what was something that stood out to me this week? Uh, it's just been... You got a lot going is. on, bro. <laughs> it's you still dealing on. with stress. I will say that... Uh, the verses announcement was a little refreshing for me. Really? Yeah, it was a little a, l- a nice little distraction because uh, every time the verses come out, I immediately just go through on like my uh, DSPs and start playing the catalogs mm-hmm. of the two people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I try to match that with how I initially feel about uh, the matchup and then what I'm hearing from other people and what they're saying about the matchup and uh this new versus the two chains versus rick ross versus i think is a perfect setup for a sleeper a sleeper conversation like a sleeper battle because i personally am of the mindset and i was i felt this way when they first announced it was rick ross is gonna like wipe the floor with two chains right like it's not really quite gonna be close Mm. then i started playing these uh the, the, their catalogs, and I was like, ooh, wait a minute. Because hmm. um, you got to think about Two Chains as Two Chains, mm-hmm. not like Teddy Boy in before. Really? Um, I mean, he's really one song to note that you could put in a 20 song versus before 40. he became. I would say
1: it's at least three. What would you say? His Teddy uh, Boy by, song. Now, I'm not getting it. It's mine's I get it. I don't remember the name of that song. That was a Titty Boy song. Of course, Duffel Bag Boy, I'm assuming that's the one you were talking about. I was actually talking about that first one. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't have played. You want to play Duffel Bag Boy? He's no, going to play Duffel Bag Boy. He is, I agree. Yeah. I also don't think that's a W. It Duffel depends on what boy. it goes against. There's too many Rick Ross songs where that
0: cannot be a W.
1: Yeah, Um. but we're just talking about Titty Boy songs. It's another one for codeine cowboys I can't think about, and I, I should know it better because I when I was listening when I found about found out about Titty Boy and the Codeine Cowboy mm-hmm. mixtapes I actually went to go visit our grandmother in Tennessee, mm-hmm. and I went to go visit um, my aunt Tony, and that was the first so- first time someone. I guess it was the first and only time, but a woman rented a rental car for me because I wasn't old enough to uh, get it myself because yeah. you was to be 25. Yeah. And I was parked, and these motherfuckers reversed and hit the car. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst possible thing that can happen when somebody's doing me a goddamn favor. Right? It wasn't yeah. that bad but eventually had to bring the car back and they expected that it didn't say shit and I wasn't gonna say shit. So that worked out well Right, as a side story. But yeah,
0: it's some, some <laughs> other music
1: that I can't think of. It's, there's one more I can't think of outside of those three.
0: Yeah, so uh, basically after looking over their catalogs and all this, I think it's gonna be a little bit slightly closer than I originally thought. Um, mm. You gotta think about all of the 2 chains features. He's the low key
1: the future god the future god uh do you remember that
0: year when he did 100 features
1: that uh, i only know buster Rhymes, a little way and do some shit like that um he did have a year like that didn't he yep it was right in the middle of all the good fridays let me Two see Chance features the most well-known two-chain features i can think of is mercy. uh
0: is he on not mercy uh birthday cake that's
1: the one i was thinking that's of. his song though that's not a feature
0: uh, yeah, that's true. I, I always think of features as like you just did one person. <laughs> I don't care if it's your uh, song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in my in uh, my head.
1: I, of course, Mercy and um the one he did with the game. Ali Mubaye.
0: Bands and to make a dance.
1: He's on Bands to Make a Dance. Fucking problems. Okay. All me. Rich as fuck. Hey. Rich as fuck. What is this?
0: All oh, my niggas is rich as fuck. Oh uh,
1: yeah, that one goes hard. Yeah. So yeah, this is what happened. <laughs> when I started doing yeah. it, I'm like, oh wait, 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 wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. Everybody relax. Everybody relax. This is a better matchup than I initially thought, and what I think that people initially feel too.
1: Hmm. Okay. Two so chase got some. It should be interesting. Though. This again, I feel like a lot of times people underestimate or. Overestimate someone's power in these battles and forget the element of niggas just playing the wrong song at yep. the wrong moment that can kind of skew who wins. Because I, I think that this is what happened with a lot of these in particular. I think of uh, Jada Kiss and Fab and Luda and Nelly. Luda and Nelly. Um, and what was the uh, Snoop and DMX? Snoop had a couple of missteps. Yep, he did. So, yeah, I think this one could be interesting because I. On this surface level, it seems like it's very lopsided. But I'm, I'm down for it. I, I heard earlier somebody was, uh, I think it was the JBP. I don't know if there was Id- their idea, but Meek versus 2 Chains might be a more even battle. That one, I feel like Meek might be the underdog in that one, actually. Yeah, I was about to say, Meek don't have the... I don't, uh, I, Meek would be the underdog in that yeah. one, for sure. And I think with this one in particular, I've noticed they're starting to... Yeah, the versus themes, mm-hmm. like last time you had to battle the dogs with Snoop and uh, DMX, and this one seems to be about Rich luxury news. rap. Yeah. So maybe that's more what they're going for than actual, like, on paper, how do these artists line right. up. So i will be curious to see how this one goes and maybe the ones going forward, what other themes they might try to incorporate.
0: Besides the, um, who was it, Hit Boy and Boy Wonder? Mm-hmm. Everybody else has been pretty much OGs in hip hop. All the other verses. True, yeah.
1: Celebrating longevity, which I think is dope as fuck. Yeah, it seems like you gotta have like a, hmm, they might even have a 10-year minimum, yep. actually, Hit uh, Boy and cool. Boy Wonder. If I think it sounds the like a Drake stuff. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like a 10-year minimum for folks that they're incorporating in these,
0: and I fuck with that. Makes heavy. sense.
1: If you can get two hits a year, you at least got your 20. Exactly. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> exactly, it's a decent little formula. Um,
0: so, do you have a prediction for this versus?
1: Ah, uh, man. I really appreciate both of these artists for different reasons. Yeah. Like, I really enjoy how Rick Ross curates the sound and mm-hmm. his beat selection and his uh, lyrics. Whereas with Two Chains, I appreciate him for his beat selection. But also, I just think his raps are fantastic funny intentionally and unintentionally which True. I, I always appreciate about him and i think he's really good at picking collaborators mm. so i'm i can't man it's it's 50 50 with me but if i had to like gun at my head pick an artist i guess i'm going with ross maybe because i like him a little bit more but uh oh yeah i'm just thinking of the ross features he got a couple Jay-Z, Jay-Z songs to get played. Yeah, so this should be a good one. I think I'm going, um, what, 13-7? Mm. So who's in the 13? Ross. Okay, you made it sound like you, thought 2 chains had something for him.
0: That is seven songs I think he got, that. He got for him. Uh, my original was... Like seventeen three, mm, before like you. just my re- initial reaction to okay. listening to them. But then I went through and list, like looked at the discography and shit. I'm like, oh wait, change probably got four or five bangers on there that I didn't account for. True. And that still ends up at like <laughs> thirteen seven. Okay. Okay. Uh, but it should be interesting, man. This is gonna be one of those ones where it's gonna be entertaining regardless. I, I'm not gonna be tripping too much about who quote unquote wins or not. I'm mm-hmm. gonna enjoy listening to both these gentlemen's music. I think they're also gonna be entertaining as fuck. They're yeah. both two, like, low key, funny ass gangster niggas, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm a little concerned that Two Chainz is gonna be too high to be like <laughs> performing. Yeah, to put like uh, that's the perfect I word perform. Um, I know Ross is gonna be ready. I know. I know he gonna yeah. have some entertaining shit. What I'm interested in is hearing some of the uh, behind-the-scenes stories from these two. That's yeah. gonna be some interesting. They work with some great artists. Yes, well. yeah. yes. I wonder if they're gonna have some, um, you know, drug deal stories. I'm sure they've sold <laughs> some weight to each other before. I wonder if there's gonna be some, <laughs> some, 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 some uh, allusion to those days. Yeah. Uh, but definitely in the just music industry period, two chains haven't been involved with so many different kind of iconic labels Rick Ross being the record executive of mm. the president of Def Jam South at one point I think he was yeah if
1: he's not still I don't even I don't, know I don't even know if there's still a Def Jam South I don't know who the I don't artists are president yeah. or anything but like just to have just for them to have been on
0: that uh that side of the music game I mm. think it's going to pull out some interesting um, some interesting stories as well I
1: wonder where they're going to perform cuz if they perform at uh
0: they, they they just they should just go to a uh, like a win stop.
1: <laughs> oh, the promotion on this is gonna be on a whole nother level. <laughs> Usually it's some rock and uh, do say. This one's gonna be Sarad Doucet, say they... motherfucking
0: gas from two chains. What's Rick Ross's shit? Uh, yes,
1: he has some shit, don't he? he Bel Air, Luke. Yes, that's what it is, Bel Air. I noticed in the uh, the Snoop and Dmx. Snoop snuck in his. He had the canes, uh, chicken yep. tender, shit. We got the canes here. Yeah. Yep. Where is it? It's by yeah. Loyola, isn't it? Yeah. You got uh, uh, you need a ride. You know, like, I'll go for some chicken dishes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Be so, uh, um, and uh, Snoop has a nineteen crimes. Wine. Yeah. That shit is pretty good. I had some uh, we last had 19 weekend. crimes. I haven't had to snoop one. It's no. good. So it's like a red blend. I would recommend it.
0: Um, So yeah, shout out to 2Chance versus Rick Ross. All right, let's get into some more juicy shit. I think we have a clip for this, but uh, Meg and Tory update part three at this point. I believe so, yeah. So we've we've talked pretty extensively about the whole Meg and Tory situation where uh Tory Lanez allegedly shot meg the stallion and all of the things that (laughs) that comes Mm with um so there's been just like a lot of speculation a lot of um trying to figure out what happened and in the midst of that meg um was on instagram live
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um so we're going to play a quick
1: clip from Meg, uh, I just want to, why you're finding that clip, I want to say that I feel like I've seen people on the internet say that I don't see why Tory isn't being canceled and um, mm-hmm. why aren't more people speaking out about this. I think if you're of that belief, I think you have to realize the facts of the case and what we've known, not just what Meg has said, but what, like, the... Police have released, which is nothing, but you have to look at the charges. They haven't really charged. They haven't charged Tory for shooting anybody. He wasn't arrested for that. He was arrested for illegal gun possession. Right. So I feel like maybe that's one of the reasons people aren't speaking out is it's not enough details and. You don't want to be the person that speaks out if you're a celebrity. That is, people on the internet that aren't have no problem doing this. Right, (laughs) because if you (laughs) if you speak out and you say the wrong thing as a celebrity, you can you're liable to be sued, which I learned from um, the good doctor. Mm. So you have to be cautious about things like this to protect your own self interest which I understand. And I feel like trod narrative to true, and I feel like if. Tori gets um, persecuted for these crimes by the police, actually come in and do some. Maybe people will start speaking up then, but until now, I don't think it's wise just because Meg the Stallion's released some videos. So before we play Meg's Live, I want to just give, lay out a few facts, right?
0: Tori was arrested for illegal gun possession. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Yep. Meg the Stallion was shot in the foot. I, I should go uh, into it in this clip. She
1: was shot in both feet. But is that fact? No. Because Meg
0: the Stallion, we had know she two had surgery. Feet.
1: Yes, she, she, she definitely surgery. does have there two feet. Yeah, there
0: we go. She had surgery for gunshot wounds in her feet. In her feet. <laughs> Um, That's and, not proof. Yeah, it's not. It's still debatable. 100%. But it's a good piece of evidence. A good observation. Uh, <laughs> the other thing that we know is uh, Tory Lanez is out on bail. Mm-hmm. We know that no names have been put out there. Mm-hmm. And we know that Meg took to Instagram Live to, you know, show some face and... and um say some things to our fans so let, let, let's let start dissecting this clip here
2: I was shot in both of my feet and I had to get surgery to get the shit taken out get the bullets taken out um, and it was super scary oh lord I didn't think I was gonna cry <laughs>
0: okay let's stop right there alright she was shot in both of her feet mm mm-hmm. mhm How, how do you... what? Okay, she was shot in both of her feet. She had surgery on both of her feet? Yeah. According to her? Now, if we know anything about the foot, the foot is all bone. Yeah. There were no broken bones, no impacted bones in either one of these surgeries.
1: Or tendons.
0: Or tendons. Yeah. So where in the foot do you think it's most likely that she got shot? That there were no structural damage done, there was no.
1: See, structural damage the done. thing that confused me, if she said just said I was shot in the foot, which I think she says in that part of the clip, mm-hmm. but she goes on later on and says she was. They removed the bullets out of her feet. Yes. So the bullets were in her feet. Yes. I'm no expert in this, but that. Yes, maybe. I don't. I'm just curious what the odds are of. um Getting shot in both your feet and no bones or tendons being affected—that's that's a miracle. Them. Yeah, that's a, that's a goddamn miracle. Um, let's see what else she has to say.
2: But yeah, I had to get surgery. It was super scary. It was like just the worst experience of my life. <laughs>
0: I gotta stop her there. <laughs> was that worse than
1: getting shot? The surgery? Uh, I mean, I've never been shot, but I've had surgery, right? I knew I had to get the surgery. It wasn't something where like it was an emergency surgery that had to be done to me. And I know niggas don't like hospitals, so I'm assuming. (laughs) Especially during all this COVID shit, I'm assuming maybe that's played a role into it being scary for her. I get that
0: benefit of the doubt. All right, I'll I'll let that one slide.
1: My
2: life, and it's not funny.
0: It's not funny, y'all.
2: There's nothing to joke about
0: got a puzzle there. <laughs> You're right. It's not funny. But there is definitely something to joke, joke
1: about. How do those two things coexist? Because I think
0: that it's never just objectively speaking, someone getting shot is not funny, right? The, but like, I the violence
1: itself is not funny. Mhm. The act of violence itself is not funny.
0: I think that when you add in all of the other context around it, Mm. or at least the context of what we know around it, then there's definitely room for quote unquote funny there. I can see that. Um, the fact that we don't have all of the facts, though, means that all of that funny shit could be totally misguided and fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't have all the facts. I mean. And
1: that's what people do. Exactly. They make shit up when they don't have the details. 100%. And I guess to like as far as that context part you just said, like, like you said, it's not funny. A man shooting a woman, and according to her story, it was an act of violence against her. No. We don't actually. I don't even want to say a man shooting a woman because we don't know what the fuck happened. So. We'll just say someone getting shot <laughs> isn't funny, but when you add in something along the lines of the shooter is famous, he's short, nobody really knew that about him, and he has a crazy first name, people can develop jokes around that. Right. But like, if somebody's like, yeah, he shot her, Women woman deserved to get shot, that shit is hilarious, there's no context within that joke that would make that funny. Right. That's just somebody who just hates women and... Just wanna laughing at their pain and violence, but right. if you're using the context of the story to make things funny, I think that gives it some gives people a reason to laugh at the situation. Right. That isn't just because it was an act of violence against a black woman. It's context involved to it, which I don't think people are really addressing. So I'm glad you said that part. Yeah, I, I,
0: the the context is definitely important, um, and I also think that. A lot of people tend to, I mean, we're in a fucking pandemic right now. People are going to try to make content out of everything.
1: Yeah.
0: So if you don't want to be made fun of or joked about in 2020, regardless of how serious you feel the situation is, part of you gotta understand that somebody, especially on the internet, is probably going to be joking
1: about this and laughing about it. It just made me think of something. If she doesn't address it once a week, every week, is this still a story people are concerned about? Because, like, eventually it's going to die down because nobody's going to care because other things are going to pop up. But I I just realized she's, like, she's either made a post online or, she like, she did make this video. If you don't do any of that, I think people stop talking about it because it's not as exciting. Like, that's what they stop talking about as far as this... Uh, just, What's her, Jelaine... Ghislaine Maxwell? Oh, Jelaine Maxwell, yeah. Like, nobody's really... Ta- that shit is wild. <laughs> I don't know if you've been seeing the shit that's been coming out about that. I saw um, something about into, yeah. in- implicating the Clintons. Yeah. But, like, maybe it's because these people are high-power-wise, not being talked about as much as it should. But, like, I feel like the way the news cycle works, once you stop talking about it, nobody's going to really care anymore until some more details come out. She's... Yeah. I don't know, cause Tory hasn't said anything. Yeah, not a fucking word. I'm yeah. pretty sure his lawyer told him not to say anything. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, no. Like he, even when his birthday passed, he didn't say shit, which I thought was also kind of funny because they try to write the petition to deport him. Yeah, like that's what gets niggas deported. But right, <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> I right. that was entertaining. Um, all
0: right, let's hear some more of what uh, Meg had to say here.
2: It was nothing for y'all to start going and making up fake stories about. You're a
0: celebrity. That's exactly who was. I didn't mm-hmm. put my
2: hands on nobody. We don't know. I didn't deserve to get shot and do shit. Like, And thank God that the bullets didn't touch bones. They didn't break tendons. Like I know I know my mama, my daddy, my granny had to be looking out for me with that one because where the bullets hit at, it just... They missed everything, but they the motherfuckers was in there, and it's not
0: gonna- all right. So she's applying that the bullets were lodged in both feet mm-hmm. without breaking bones or tendons. Either she got some thick soles, <laughs> thick soles, maybe everything about her is thick, mm. or something ain't right. If she lying. <sighs> What are the scenarios where you can get shot in both feet without any bone or tendon damage? You brought up one that I think you mentioned before we started recording was like potentially it was one bullet that grazed both feet and potentially left like fragments as passing through. Yeah, But that theory doesn't support. Bullets being lodged in both feet,
1: like, <laughs> right? I'm gonna give her, I'm gonna shoot her a little bell. Maybe she just misspoke and okay. used the wrong words. Yeah, maybe she meant fragments, and not bullets in feet, right? Or they I grazed. Can't see that. that makes sense. You know, I'm because I don't think she's a gun expert, so she maybe not know the proper terminology. So I'm gonna give her some bell for that one. But if there were bullets and they were, sh- and lodged. In her foot, That's, that's very peculiar. Uh, I don't know how that would happen. Let's hear some more Meg. Um,
2: I was protecting anybody. I just wasn't ready to speak. That's not no shit. You just immediately get on the internet and start talking about.
1: Can you pause it? And that's <laughs> that part is not true. She from the what I've read, because I've been trying to follow the story because I don't want to speak without knowledge about the subject, but she initially reported that she stepped on glass. That's what I heard. So either she was trying to protect somebody or she was mistaken about how she received her injuries, which I guess under duress that is possible, but mm-hmm. I feel like if somebody shot you and the bullets were in your leg, you would know that you were shot in the leg and not stepping on glass. Right. And she was the first person to speak out to try to give the this, give this story some context. So to say that you don't put your life out there for people, I don't know about that one. That seems like a, a fable. Is it, is it plausible that someone tried to rob the
0: car and Tori shot out the window and then broke the window and then she
1: stepped on the glass that he shot out of? I guess you could have both injuries, but uh, but then maybe maybe the glass felt like bullets. <laughs> it's true, yeah. I don't know, like glass isn't. I don't know. I'm not a ballistics expert, or That's true. that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh,
0: let's a little bit more. So a
2: lot of y'all motherfucking problem. <laughs> y'all take y'all whole life to Instagram and Twitter and make it a fucking diary and that's not
0: that's not me. Ashley she is on Instagram like uh, making a video, making a video.
2: So <laughs> fuck y'all and them fake ass blogs and y'all fake ass sources and my fake ass friends. Mm. <laughs> but mm. on a positive note,
0: <laughs> positivity, let's go
2: just taking some time to myself have definitely it has definitely made me realize how to move forward and you know how to protect my energy i'm so nice imagine imagine being imagine being 25 and you don't you don't have both of your parents my mama was my best friend she you know i'm still really not over that so you like you kind of try to fill like your space with a bunch of people that you think is making you happy. I just feel like I was trying to, I was moving really fast. I was moving too fast.
1: I wonder what she means by that.
2: I wasn't taking a, enough time for myself. I thought I was ready to be around a bunch of motherfuckers. I thought I was ready to be, you know, I thought I was ready to give good energy to other people and other people wasn't
0: ready to give good energy to me. But I- I'll pause it there. What it sounds like is she wasn't prepared for fucking Hollywood. Mm. That's what it sounds like she's saying. It sounds like she's saying, yo, I came into this shit trying to show love, trying to be all positive, trying to like mm-hmm. just be open with any and everybody. And what I learned was you can't fucking do that in this industry. There's too many people out here that don't have your best interests at heart. Mm. And the way that I was moving opened myself up to situations where I could have put myself in a position of some really fucked up shit happening. Right? And what I'm hearing is her realizing, oh shit, this Hollywood shit ain't no motherfucking game. I thought I was ready. I thought I was prepared. I thought I was in a position to share my energy, Mm. right? But what I'm realizing is it's a whole lot of shit I'm not, I'm just not in the place and ready to be in yet. I I can't open up to people like that. I'm not, I'm just, it's just certain shit that I'm realizing based on this situation that I'm not ready for, I wasn't prepared for, but I know how to move forward with it now type shit. And that I think is actually really, really fucking dope for her to like see that shit and recognize it and not. I mean, actions speak louder than words. We'll see what, what yeah, kind of behavior yeah. happens from now on. But to me, that kind of personal reflection, that's self-medication right there, mm. right? that it, oh, Who knows if she went to a therapist or anything like that, but like that recognition and be able to speak that out loud says to me, like, yo, I see what's going on around me, yeah. and I know how I need to show up if I want to be successful in this moving forward. So that part, thats that was my favorite part of this whole clip. Because it sounded very self-aware, it's very like yeah. uh, I understood. I understood what my mistakes were. I understood what I couldn't should have done differently. I also understand uh, my mental space to allow me to make some of those mistakes too. I, that that part sounded really really
1: dope. Yeah, um, it's unfortunate if she did get shot that she had to get shot to make that realization. Mm. But um, I was talking to one of my homies that's uh, my doctor friend. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, but, uh, Dr. Emmanuel, he's He was telling me like, one of his interests as far as studying psychology was looking into post-traumatic stress mm-hmm. and post-traumatic... Um, God damn, what's the word? Post-traumatic stress. Post-traumatic growth. Post-traumatic growth. Mm -hmm. Essentially, people have different responses to stress. Right. So some people have it and they're like broken down and they can't operate fully. You know, like a lot of people that go to war, they it fucks them up. Or some people, when they have traumatic situations, it makes them a better person. So maybe that's kind of what she's going through. She's had like some post-stress success. You're talking about PTSD. Yeah.
0: And uh, I, I, I wonder personally how this affects Meg moving forward. Right? Like she's gotta still travel. I'm sure yeah. there's still gonna be, be be rappers featured on her songs. Right. Um, I wonder what this is going to look like for her moving forward as she as she navigates the industry. Cause you ain't gonna be able to. So I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, like, we still need more information, right? I think that uh, low key for me, the more that Meg, like, uh, appears in public without saying shit about the situation
1: itself, yeah, uh, is not a good look for her. I, I think it's a good look for her if she just stops. Looking for the internet to validate her yeah. pain, or to agree with her points about what should should and shouldn't be funny. The internet is going to make jokes about and you everything. Can't and you can't
0: stop it. You can't stop. There's nothing you can, you can't shame them. Yeah. You, can, you can't cancel the internet. Like there's nothing you can do about yeah. it. The internet is going to
1: do that. Hopefully, with her uh, post-traumatic growth, she uh, gains that understanding of like the internet is gonna break you down and build you up. So you can't really rely on it to help you determine how, what your image of yourself is and how yeah. people should look at you. I will say that, that she does come
0: off uh, as caring a lot about what society's perception of this situation is. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that seems strange. I guess the other thing that I thought was strange, too, was uh, I think it was Chargerman the guy who made this point that in 2020, there's no reason to protect men from violence. Right.
1: True.
0: And um, I I, I thought that was an interesting statement because it would be very easy. It's it it would be seemingly very easy for Meg to just straight up call out Tori for shooting her. <laughs>
1: right, like in this day and age. If that's what happened.
0: If that's what happened. Nah, even if that wasn't
1: what happened. Nah, because that's it's, pretty well, close to what happened. You like know what I I'm said, saying? I mentioned earlier, she then she'd be liable to be sued if she speaks out incorrectly and accuses him of crimes he didn't do. That is true.
0: That yeah, that part is true. The legalities of that, I think. Uh but the, holds a lot that away. being
1: said, she can get that information out without her directly saying it herself. Exactly. And because like you can none post of that? my. She could, not to say she should do this or it's appropriate, but she could post gunshot wounds on her feet. Like, you know, there's a gun found in the car, I got holes in my feet. You do the math.
0: And then put a Canada flag
1: in my face. <laughs> like, it's very
0: easy. Yeah. <laughs> right? I don't know, but. And, and, and this is a weird thing in terms of the whole like victim-blaming thing and, yeah. and telling someone mm-hmm. how to go about how to handle the situation that they have been involved in, mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and that's kind of wild. But I will say that it does seem strange that literally no one, including the law, has come out and said that Tory shot Meg. Yeah. That I find very, very interesting. I also find it interesting that that is the narrative of the internet. That Tori shot Yeah.
1: I mean, like I said, when there's lack of evidence, people are going to create a story. Exactly. So I guess that's the story that's been created. The internet will do what the internet does. And I'm assuming there's more to it just because of the type of detail she's telling us and the lack of details or arrests being made. Mm. I feel like it's a bigger story that... We just don't know yet, so one of the pieces of speculation
0: about the whole Tory and Meg situation is some potential or some 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 form of domestic violence right mm. um, to some extent, maybe not domestic abuse, but certainly mm. has been speculated that domestic violence plays a role in this conversation, and this was not the only uh News item, I guess, mm. uh, that involved domestic violence. Um, Vado and Tahiri on Marriage Boot Camp had a situation this week that sent the internet into frenzy. Uh, um, and, and, and there was actually a lot there. So before we, uh, I'm gonna play a clip from Marriage Boot Camp and Vado and Tahiri. But before that, uh, we're gonna get a we're gonna get a guest on the phone.
2: If I
3: would have got stuck
1: right now, I would have deserved it. But you know it wasn't part of the list. Oh my god! Me. Boom, boom. Like, oh <laughs> What? she hit him oh, on the apple. You just disrespected me.
2: Yeah my She's crazy. I don't give a
1: You don't feel bad. You should be ready to say sorry. <laughs> Somebody gonna get hurt, man.
2: Make the Applesauce, rap about apples! I'm a thrower, and I'm not gonna throw punches, and I was actually trying to be funny with it. I told him to go make applesauce. sauce. <laughs> crazy, mm-hmm. man.
1: All boot campers, <clears throat> to the Lord boot have mercy.
2: All
0: boot campers, to the boot camp room.
1: <laughs> he just zoomed in on the apple. <laughs> right? That was funny. So that was the first scene, here goes second scene. hello how do you guys think you did? Could you figure it out? Hmm? Could you figure it out,
2: Tahiri? Uh, I think he was enticing me to become that person that I don't want to be anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I look crazy to y'all. I look extra aggressive. Yo, no.
1: you look on Yo, like, oh, screw
3: up my handle, No, 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 like no, no. Fuck it no. out. Oh, no, no. out. No, no, no. Like, you lucky I don't no.
2: you,
3: yo. Are you kidding me?
2: This house is on fire.
1: Just threw that Apple. Okay. my face for okay. you. I'm going to count.
0: Well, there's that. Whitney, thoughts?
3: Okay, so I think we need to have a serious conversation about um, men putting their hands on women. Not only that, but women putting their hands on men. So I think domestic violence, a lot of times we only think that Men can go through it. I mean, women can go through it, but men can go through it as well. So Tahiri was being very abusive, but not only that, after the clip was showed, she was being very manipulative and played victim. And that's not fair. Bado shouldn't have put his hands on her, period. But I see what got him to that point. And sometimes people do a really good job at antagonizing you, until you go the fuck off. So no one should be in a relationship like that and I'm pretty sure they both fucked up, but I think Tahiri is very wrong. And nobody was mad as fuck when she was throwing those apples, producers didn't come in or do anything with that, and the fact that she thought that shit was funny. Then she went to play the victim about that shit, talking about he brings the shit out of her. And I don't know if you guys saw like other clips of this. She is very, very mentally, verbally abusive to this man. She told this nigga he was the, the, the brokest nigga she ever fucked and it continuously um, emasculating him like on fucking national TV. So I can see how he snapped and she was definitely antagonizing him. Like for niggas who was in shit like that, you obviously have to remove yourself from that situation if somebody's gonna keep agitating you like that, but I can definitely see how he fucking snapped because then The, the bitch has the nerve After she did all that shit had the nerve to say it was his fault like victim blaming his ass and laughing about that shit, Like, man, fuck that she bogus as fuck and the same smoke that we give bottle. She need to get that same smoke, too
0: we were talking um Earlier today, about uh, the difference between domestic abuse and domestic violence, where domestic abuse is uh, there's likely one party on the receiving end of mistreatment in a relationship, whereas domestic violence, uh, you know, casting a wide net here could fit the description of both parties being physical, mentally, or emotionally violent to each other, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, thinking about how society kind of casts all of that into one light of the man perpetrating the violence. And uh, I think that this is another situation where the kind of public discourse about the abuse that men face uh, before we start talking about their reactions to that type of abuse, it's starting to happen now. And I just think it's a very interesting conversation and nuanced in a whole lot of ways. Um, what I find interesting is how, you know, the explanation that Tahiri gave for her violence and throwing the apples mm. seemed to be a very logical and understandable. Lapse of judgment, yeah. Whereas, even with the evidence of her behavior towards him, there is no room to interpret or understand or, um, you know, get Vado's lapse of judgment, and I think that that's an interesting thing that, um, you know, should be talked more about. But you know, what we were talking about earlier is uh domestic violence shouldn't be a case-by-case scenario okay right? break that down for me. domestic Please. violence yeah there should be no physical harm between two people in a relationship i don't give a fuck who's yeah perpetrating okay. that right so domestic violence as the okay, topic got you saying is the problem yeah for some reason, though, what it feels like in society is that domestic violence is only a problem when it is a man perpetrating that violence against a woman. Um, and in scenarios where a woman may react to that domestic violence, it always seems to be justified, no matter
1: what recourse she chooses okay. in that situation. Right? Let me let me uh, let me throw something in there. To sure. see How you? I think if we were to continue the. The conversation on context, right? Uh huh. I think one of the things people would argue or throw in to add some context to this subject is that for the majority of the mass domestic um, violence cases that lead to like um, like death, mm. is usually portrayed by a man, right? For sure. So. I think because of that, that influences how it's viewed. Whereas, you don't hear a lot about you. Even though uh, I heard a random story about a rapper being cut up in front of his child by his wife, but you don't really hear. Yeah, I heard about that too. You don't really, a region
0: rapper, actually.
1: Yeah, that's why nobody cares. So you <laughs> you don't really hear a lot of. Um, people talking about women doing those types of things because it doesn't happen as often. A lot of times because women aren't physically able to do those type of things or have that level of aggression that men do. So I think that kind of taints the conversation because that is a big part of like domestic violence is the killings and stuff that men perpetrate.
3: I agree with you, like at some point, like, violence i i get it because but at some point there's for men can cross this certain threshold that women can barely or rarely cross where they can harm you to the point of death right and it's done more often because women are often seen as property right um they're often seen as disposable and niggas can do what they want with with that lady like at whatever point right um there's not as much value put in her life. But I think what what we're also trying to say is it's important that we understand men, too, in certain situations. We need to also, like, we always talk about toxic masculinity. And I think because I work with kids and I see their minds shape as um, young adults, And I see how they begin to rationalize shit and, like, think shit's okay and internalize shit. The fact that men go through abuse, too, and they have, like, society has taught them that they can't speak up about it, that they can't seek help about it. So I imagine how many men have to Google, am I in a domestic violence situation? Or what can I do? What resources are out there? but I definitely think women should be centered because historically women have been abused. But I don't want the narrative to be just about women because sometimes men could be abused. And when they are, they're not dragging people. Like, they're not dragging Tahiri enough for me. They need to drag that bitch. And I... Like, I just think that there can be a double standard, but I do, like, what you're saying is right, too. Like, women out here dying, especially Black women and Native American women out here dying by the hands of men, because they see these women as property like they always have. But now, like, there's just no check and balances. Like, you can't be throwing apples and you got motherfuckers laughing at that shit. That, that does some fit to a nigga too. And a nigga can only take so much. I don't give a fuck who you are. Even Jesus could only take so much. <laughs> I remember when Jesus was throwing them chairs and shit. That nigga could only take don't so fucking jealous.
1: much. You remember so that? I remember. Not- I, <laughs> <laughs> I, remember I was in that motherfucking Jesus. Like, boom, boom, boom. Y'all niggas not listening to me worshiping false idols and shit. I ain't gonna have it.
3: <laughs> Y'all that. But I just I just think we need a we need to we need to give like when somebody does something wrong, motherfuckers need to be held accountable. And yeah. they are their relationship is come. just an abusive relationship. And that means that they don't need to be like that. But I think a lot of people been or some people been in those type of relationships and that's just toxic as fuck. So fuck both of them. But he need to walk away. That like she rude. Like she rude as fuck.
0: I think that you made a really, 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 really good point is that this is just a bad situation. Mm. And at a certain point, as adults, we have to figure out, uh, we have to be able to identify situations that it ain't good for us to be in. And I think that that in and of itself, though, I think I heard uh, this on the JBP too, yeah. this morning. It was like, it's a lot of people who don't know. Right? Like, I, I think there's a lot of men out here who actually have no fucking idea what their breaking points are. Right? And you don't know that until you're in the situation. And that yeah. is a problem. That is a problem. And then, add on top of just that basic, just human shit, mm-hmm. is all of the toxic masculinity and patriarchy that our society is steeped in. And it just makes the shit worse. But what also doesn't make it better is to try to in in an attempt to elevate uh, an issue. It doesn't make sense to try to shit on other people going through that issue. Uh, right. Like yeah. that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I sure. think that in order to highlight the issue. I mean, this is basic issue campaign and one on one is the shit I do for work. You find self-interest, you figure out. The angle you figure out the way to talk about this that is relevant to as many people as possible, mm-hmm. and if we're talking about violence when you're in a relationship, <laughs> I think that that should be the basis here. And I think that when you um, want to nuance the conversation based on gender, gender or sex, and all of that, then that's when um, some of those data points that y'all brought up need to be like focused in on and honed in on. Yeah. But until we get to a place where we're uh kind of nuancing the conversation in that way like we just need to be focusing on people in relationships should not be physically harming each other physically mentally or emotionally harming each other and and try to identify ways to resolve that that problem regardless of uh, who's perpetrating the violence yeah Thoughts? I, I think that's a good <laughs> take
1: I, Yo, allowed you allowed spot, bro. I hear people sneezing. Either that's his neighbor or our neighbor. <laughs> or somebody it's... in the back room about to kill us. Or, he or it You to. got at my house. <laughs> no, <Nah>, but why <laughs> are you laughing? <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about that? What,
3: you, what
0: are your thoughts there?
3: Um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, I agree with you. I just think it's just such a complex situation and this world is just so fucked up. But I think hurt people hurt people. That's what I'm always going to go back to. And I think Sahiri just has a lot of shit that she hasn't, like, dealt with. And um, I don't know, like, I'm not trying to be, sound bogus or anything, but I just think people just coming at Votto and I don't like the way they coming for him. He was wrong. He shouldn't have touched her, but I don't think, I don't know. If you put other motherfuckers in that situation, I think they would probably have done the same shit. And he didn't hit her. He did grab her. And you shouldn't touch a woman. It's like, period. You should try not to. But yeah. she was being so abusive and nobody did anything. And psychologically and mentally, like, you can break down to the point where all you see is red. That's true. And I just think that, they motherfuckers just need to have that same energy that's all i'm asking for have that same energy because if that was your fucking brother if that was your fucking son you would feel a lot differently than you feel like at that point so i'm not saying like niggas should be out here putting their hands on women period but i'm saying that bitch grimy too and that's that type of bitch who you like uh she's just agitated like she do that shit on purpose
0: I have one, one more question before I let you go, and I think this might be the most important question of all. When we when why you hit
1: me with that apple last week?
0: Okay. Right, right. When we sit here and say, um, you know, that as a man, there's no situation, no excuse for you to ever put your hand on a woman. There, you know, as a man, there's just certain shit that you cannot do regardless of the situation that you find yourself in. And I think that the expectation for men is to be able to control their emotions regardless of how red they see and uh, be able to, to control that, right? So my question is, uh, as a woman, how would you expect and want a man to handle that situation?
3: Um, Maybe if I can take a step back, I think as a man, you should never put your hands on a woman. But as a woman, you should never put your hands on a man and expect not to get your ass whacked back. So I think it's
0: just... Dr. BRB, don't you?
3: (laughs) (laughs) So I just feel like if you as a woman want to, if you want to take on that and hit somebody and they hit you back, you can't really complain, um, at the man, as a man, you shouldn't hit her back or you shouldn't hit them back. You should try to restrain yourself. But if you hit them back cause you scared or you defending yourself, then I like, I don't know, like, you don't know what niggas go through. Niggas got PTSD. They're defending themselves. They might snap. So I just feel like in this case, keep your hands to your fucking self or you might get hit. Um, I mean shit it is what it is it might sound Bogus as fuck but we learned that shit Since we were young like don't Put your hands on nobody especially If you can't fight
0: So, so I can't think fight. I think men learn that I, lesson Very very early on I don't Know if women learn that lesson early on
3: Yeah You are right but I, I like I Don't know because I have brothers and shit And I told you the story about How um some bitch, like, spit in his face. Mm. And I was like, if you don't smack that bitch, if you don't <laughs> smack that bitch. And she was telling me, I can't, I can't. I was like, all right, fuck it, let me do it. And she like, a little older than me, so she was a little older than me. But, um, yeah, I just, that's just how I feel. Like, don't hit him if you don't want to get hit back. Like, I would never hit a nigga and not expect to get hit back. Like, I'll hit your ass and run it.
0: <laughs> true um all right Any, anything else to add i appreciate your your viewpoint i think you made some really really strong points
3: thank you i i i want to i also want to say this too in case um you know in the future if motherfuckers start coming for me i'm not for um domestic violence at all i feel like everybody should keep their hands to themselves
1: that's it That sounds like the apology speech you give after somebody called you out. Uh, (laughs) The words I said.
3: I'm trying to to give it before.
1: I see. (laughs) (laughs) They ain't ain't going to use that part. (laughs) Right, right.
0: Um, Yeah, no, I appreciate your perspective. Um, Thank you for sharing. And uh, yeah, thank you. I'll talk soon. Thanks for having me. All right. All right. Bye. Peace. So that was really good, man. I think that, uh, that it, it, it's it's such a complicated thing because uh, as men, I just personally feel like we have some superhuman expectations on us to handle certain shit that yeah. I don't think should be expected of any human being to be able to, to mm-hmm. quote unquote, handle or control. I also think that those, that kind of wording, also contributes to the very toxic masculinity that people complain about. Yeah. Because if you're going to sit up here and say that there's a a certain gender that should be able to handle violence, aggression, verbal, and emotional abuse differently than anybody else should Mm. be expected to handle that, that's fucking problematic in and of itself.
1: I agree. <laughs> one of the
0: things, one of my goals for this podcast is, you know, as uh, just just straight men, uh, we have a certain lens on the world. We, we process certain shit in a certain way. Um, and it's really, I mean, it just does an injustice to try to bring perspectives in uh, from identities that we don't identify into these conversations. So I apologize mm-hmm. for folks who, have like uh even more nuanced views of this particular topic but here at the self-medicated podcast one of my goals is to elevate the understanding of folks who share my identity because we tend to be the ones causing all the problems (laughs) right so like one of the goals of this podcast is to kind of raise the awareness of men especially um what is it, a cis, cis? What is it, cis hetero men? Because that uh, we tend to cis het. Yeah, because <laughs> because we tend to uh, enact most of the oppression and violence, at least in America.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I think that is really important to because we share that identity to try to like work through some of those problems and at least use this platform to like start some of these dialogues and try to shift the thinking of some of some men. Mm. With that being said, I'm also not going to shy away from opportunities to um, reach out to women to help us in our job yeah. <laughs> and try yeah. to help men understand. We're our all men. trying to gain understanding. We're all trying to get to the same place. That's the goal. Um, so, yeah. And again, this is the second week in a row where. Um, uh I guess domestic violence or men being on the receiving end of abuse has been po- brought up on this podcast. And that's, uh, to me, that's refreshing. Like, that's an important dialogue to, for us to start having. Like, that, that is important. Yeah. To me, the biggest importance about that, though, is I truly, truly believe that as men become more and more aware, of how we show up and the space that we take and how we act and how our actions impact other people, mm-hmm. the better off that we will be. We're gonna start changing. I know, There was. I remember the years when I turned 24 or 25, when just certain shit in my head started changing how it made sense. Yeah. A lot of that was because of dialogue I was having with my homies. A lot of that was just maturity and just getting older. A lot of that was, um, having conversations with people and realizing uh, the negative, right, and realizing what other people were, were expressing that they needed out of certain shit, and 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 looking at myself and rec- realizing and recognizing, like, oh shit, I can make some certain changes. Like, I know who I am, pure at heart, but I also know how some of my actions can, you know, what I'm saying be portrayed out in the world. So, like, uh-huh. it made me just be very, very conscious of how I move, how I operate, what I say, and all of these different things. But I think that that's a skill, <laughs> right? Like, mm. we also got to realize that we niggas in America. We trying to live out here. So, like, that kind of uh, uh, self-reflection is a privilege. <laughs> the, to, the ability to be... to. to to dissect yourself and who you are and how you react and what situations you should and shouldn't be in and all of that, that takes some deep kind of self reflection that I don't think any of us are experts at yet. Like this is this is kinda of some new shit. Hmm. Um so yeah, that, that that's my rant about all that. Uh love to hear your, your thoughts, Cap.
1: <laughs> I I don't know if I would say it's a it's a privilege but it's it's definitely a um it's a process because like in order to make those realizations and try to grow, you have to want to, which I think is why I wouldn't say it's a privilege because anybody mm-hmm. can do it, but you have to want to do it like you wanted to do it because if you didn't, you wouldn't have done it right so. That's all I would say about that, yeah. And a lot of people I've observed, they don't wanna do it. It's too much work. Right. It's too difficult. They don't wanna deal with that pain or whatever they have going on. Outside so their comfort zone. Yeah. And like you have to have some testicular fortitude in hey. the words of C T Fletcher right. to uh be able to do something like that. So I like to give people more credit for their being um brave enough to take those steps, because it's easy to just be yourself and not grow. Um, Yeah, I agree. Um, Time stamp that for
0: episode name, but also transition time, in terms of testicular fortitude. (laughs) Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. are about to fight (laughs) each other. (laughs) Two of some of the hardest hitting Negroes on this planet Earth, even though they're old now. Yeah, uh, but these niggas about to fight each other, bro. Uh, so Mike Tyson, who is obviously a, a, a renowned violent person,
1: mm, <laughs> um, I don't want to give him worded just like that. I, I that, wasn't.
0: Uh, that wasn't, okay. I wasn't. That
1: wasn't the complete story. My bad. He is
0: a renowned violent person. Period. He's also a renowned uh, self reflector. Actually, that's another good good segue. He, I think, he's done a lot on his podcast specifically kind of reflecting on just the mental space that it took for him to Mm -hmm. annihilate people in the boxing ring in the fashion that he did. And the growth he's had since. And the growth that he's had since, exactly. This is somebody that we're talking about who had, I think it's safe to say, severe mental trauma that uh, manifested itself in all kinds of harm in terms of harming women and... Just violence and blowing money and drugs and biting ears. And like, there's a lot here, right? There's a lot here. All of which can be explained by like just the aggression of being a fucking boxer. Um, But I think that even Mike talks about like once he was able to step away from that is when he was able to start reining it in and understand it and get control over some of that shit. That's another thing that Mike Tyson also talks a lot about. And this is actually a good point coming off the last conversation we had is control. Mm. So like he's in a space now, and especially now that he's getting back in the box, he has an actual fight. He's in a space now where he can low key opt in and out, right? Like he can he can David Banner this shit, we
2: or Doctor
0: uh, Banner, the Hulk, whoever the Hulk person is. He can one like, them niggas. <laughs> yeah, he can actually low key tap into it when necessary and mm. pull out, right? Um so yeah that 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 kind of mental uh mental calisthenics I think is 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 interesting to watch here. Um so like that that to me is one compelling thing about this is like just the mentals of just being old 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 folks fighting. Uh, <laughs> but then I think it's also just like the mental calisthenics, again, that it takes to get into that mode to want to literally be down for one of two options, to really, really hurt somebody really bad mm-hmm. or to get hurt really, really <laughs> bad, right, at age goddamn sixty yeah year, you know what I mean yeah, hey 60 neither one of them are 60 but they're both I think it's 48
1: and 52 or 53.
0: yeah um so for me just overall speaking I think this is just super dope to just watch um uh, these ogs do this and, yeah. and, and just dive back into that mental competitive space um I also have a lot of concerns bro I don't like seeing old people fight I don't like seeing Folks put in their mental capacity at risk. I, don't, I just don't like that. These are also two motherfuckers that you ain't going to be able to tell the shit. So.
1: <laughs> That's a lot there. I guess for me, this is one of those um, fights where like you're talking with your homies, and you're just naming a hypothetical fights you know would never happen. Yeah. Like, oh, Mike Tyson versus Muhammad Ali? Mike Tyson to knock him out. I'm like, oh, no, Ali. You know, he couldn't handle his footwork. This seems like one, such one of those battles where like you never thought these two would fight, mm-hmm. specifically because like weight classes were different, I yep. think, when they were active at the yep. same time. So I'm purely off of that, because it seems like a fantasy fight. I'm intrigued to see what happens. It's a little unfortunate this happened when they've gotten to the advanced ages that they have Especially after seeing like some of the videos of them fighting where Roy Jones Jr. didn't look like Roy Jones Jr. <laughs> but Mike Tyson still kind of looked like Mike mm-hmm. Tyson. So that's going to be interesting how that plays out. Just from a skill perspective, I know Roy Jones is way more skilled than Mike Tyson, but it seems like Mike Tyson hasn't really lost too many steps as far as his speed and power. Which, which is fucking terrifying. Yeah, because it only <laughs> takes one hit. Exactly. And I know Roy Jones is legendary for his... Um, his agility and his um, just like boxing IQ and knowing when to tease and when not to tease and how to mm-hmm. antagonize his opponent. But I don't think he's gonna be doing that shit where he's putting his hands behind his back and sticking his face out from Mike Tyson. That ain't happening. No sir. No. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, I think this should be an entertaining one, especially the way sports are now. I can see this being a really um, well, worth the pay-per-view. I really buy boxing pay-per-views, but I might have to buy this one. This might be. The only. undercard is a little bit trash, but, you know, we'll see okay, what happens. Undercards are for pre-game. Do you, you know what the undercard is? No. You want to hear
0: it? Oh, yes, I do.
1: Logan Paul and Nate Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> Who the
0: fuck <laughs> wants to see that?
1: Logan Paul has been making money boxing. though. No, that's the that crazy is part. True. Yeah, he been fighting. So those people want to see it. It's I thought like was going to be two different audiences that want to see this fight. You got, like, the online, yeah, it's gonna be digital All media. Lives Matter versus Black Lives Matter. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that fight, no. I would say just like the young kids that are into the internet and make TikTok videos that are fans of the Paul brothers are going to be into it because he's already had two fights that weren't, like, really skilled or that, it, you know, super mm-hmm. compelling to watch. But they got a lot of people that came to pay for the fight Pay, I heard and he and can pay-per-view. fight, too. Like, low-key, he can he, actually kind of fight. He can fight for an average person, but gotcha. if you're expecting, like, the skill level of a professional, no. No. Because I I think his, his training coach is Shannon and Cannon. Oh, word. Yeah, so he, he knows some things, but you can, like, when you watch him fight, you can probably tell the footwork gifted. is not there. Yeah. yeah. That's how He has, like, the technique yeah. and shit down for a basic level and probably mm-hmm. above average mm-hmm. and all of that, but
0: my nigga. Like <laughs> the
1: average person is not boxing. He probably whoop their ass. Right. But if he gets to like a, a amateur fighter, yeah, Olympic that. level, he.
0: Uh, what would, do you? Uh, what's your prediction for this fight? First of all, have you seen any of the like interviews between these people?
1: I haven't seen any interviews. I've just seen the training videos. I'll just say this before I say my prediction:
0: Roy Jones Jr. is fucking terrified.
1: <laughs> He's. Why'd he take the fight? <laughs> He's scared.
0: I think he, he, I, I'm i gonna send you some of the clips of interviews that I've yeah. seen. It sounds like somebody told him, Yo, you trying to fight Mike Tyson? And he was like, That old ass nigga, like, hell yeah, I'm with this shit. And <laughs> didn't see no training videos. <laughs> was like Mike's fat. Yeah, exactly. And then I think right before them interviews, he saw them training videos. And, <laughs> oh, no, man. I, Roy Jones is one of my favorite athletes of all time,
1: actually.
0: Mm, mm. Uh, you know, Roy Jones and his heyday was crazy. Not only crazy, but the hype and the confidence around him is some of the shit that I really, really fucked with. It was one of those things where I can come in here, do whatever the fuck I want. And still beat your ass. Mm. Type shit like that ultimate kind of confidence level is one of the things I really, really fucked with. That is gone. <laughs> he does not have that when it mm. comes to this Mike Tyson shit.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so I just, I like, now now back to athlete mode, I think this is gonna be a really good fight. I think that you, you mentioned it Mike Tyson's just pure strength and speed mm. versus Roy Jones' actual IQ and agility is going to be very, very interesting. Conditioning is going to be another important thing here too. These are, these are.
1: Mike definitely looks like he's already in condition. (laughs) The fight is happening in what, September?
0: Yeah, about a month or so, a month and a half or so. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I'm I'm very interested. Do you have a prediction, Roy Roy
1: or Mike? It's going to be a draw. (sighs) I just feel like because of the lack of or the loss of speed as far as movement and avoiding punches, I feel like Tyson might catch Roy Jones. Mm. And that all depends on on Mike's mindset going into the ring. Like, if he's still going to have that killer instinct, he definitely is going to catch Roy slipping. But if Roy still has enough in the tank to kind of dodge and kind of wear Mike down because that's famously what he's known mm-hmm. for is when he started losing it was people were just going beyond five rounds and wearing him down and he can't sustain that type of power in his punches the whole fight but it's only eight rounds <laughs> it's not 12 <laughs> so uh that being said I'm, I'm just going with my boy Mike here's the thing
0: if it lasts longer than one round Roy <laughs> is going to win that's mm, that's that's interesting If, have you seen Mike's training videos where even his trainers have to like snap him out of it mid Mm -hmm. combo sequence? Like, yo, Mike, 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 relax. It's us. (laughs) He ain't gonna have none of that in that first round. (laughs) He's gonna be pure energy, pure ball of fire in that first round. Mm -hmm. If Roy can handle that, I think he might be able to win the fight. Mm -hmm. But I promise you, bro, two body shots, on Mike,
1: shit on a 50 year old man <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs>
0: boy please have you seen this nigga Mike hitting mm-hmm. <laughs> shit like it's it's pretty it's pretty fucking scary bro it's gonna be entertaining and, and the mec- memes mic. are gonna be great oh they're gonna be awesome they're gonna be awesome cause you know somebody gonna get like mm-hmm. a scrunched up face mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying somebody gonna scream mm-hmm. at that shit oh no man that's very, very interesting. Um, speaking of sports, uh, the NBA is back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched the uh, the Lakers-Clippers game this week uh, where the Lakers won. I'll be honest with you, the NBA looks awesome in terms of the gameplay, in terms of just the quality of basketball that I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was expecting a little less quality. There were a lot of turnovers, but they were not like dribbling off the top of your knee type turnovers. You know what I mean? They were like effort type turnovers type shit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I was expecting a little bit more sloppy of a game, but it was actually really, really good in terms of the quality of the game, in terms of yeah. like uh, team chemistry and all of that type shit. I was actually surprised that it, that it looked that good. Um, I didn't watch any of the games. <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah. When when do you expect that you'll start watching? Uh, I'm assuming when they get to like the playoffs, but also I don't uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's not the ceiling the ceiling the season, kind of just feels like a wash to me mm-hmm. like.
0: It's gonna be extra uh, on whatever. Happens. Yeah,
1: so like anybody bragging about winning the season like well this is the covid you know pandemic season or blah 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 but I guess nobody really talks about any of the lockouts and who won those seasons so maybe people might not look at it like that when history um, passes 10 years from now yeah that's true who
0: won the uh I know baseball had a lockout in 94 no clue who won that
1: World Series because the Yankees won in 96 that's all I yeah. know. yeah I think there was a NBA lockout. There was during um, two thousand. No, nah, it was before that. It was before. Well, that
0: it was one in the nineties.
1: Yeah, but the most recent one gotcha was two. I want to say two thousand eleven. Yeah, this is what I remember. They so played they most of that fucking season. Yeah. So I guess what was the one in the nineties? Ninety. Three, 94? I think it was 94. Yeah, 2011
0: was one. 95, 96, yeah. Okay. That's the year Jordan didn't
1: play. See, and that's probably only memorable because Jordan didn't play, not because it was a lockout. Exactly. So, Which makes sense. That was
0: a longer lockout, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, that one was a decent one. Yeah. 161 days, yeah. They started in July and went to December 8th. So they started before the season, even mm-hmm. before Christmas and everything.
1: That's um, true. That's five months. Yeah. Okay. I guess I... Uh, yeah. But the
0: difference is it wasn't in the middle of the season. The season never started. Mm-hmm. This year, the season started and stopped, and it's starting back again before yeah. the playoffs. That's another big difference. Yeah, there's that. Shout out to the NBA being back uh, I thoroughly enjoyed watching the game it, it was a welcome distraction I miss it for sure yeah. uh, I'm just really excited for like probably about three four weeks when these games storylines and meanings and mm. these niggas in the bubble start
1: getting bored and <laughs> all of that shit I just feel like that shit has already started oh, to it's, happen it's, it's especially started. with the Laker players I mean uh, Clipper players Clippers players yeah yeah I think the Clippers. Bitch, niggas be. been wilding out on the Clippers.
0: The Clippers <laughs> might, um, the Clippers might be my sleeper pick for.
1: I don't for know sure. if they're focused enough, man. I think that's the exact recipe for this bubble. Yeah. Let's do too woke for the week.
0: Uh, a segment that I would like to make mo- a little bit more consistent. As long as you niggas keep fucking up and being too woke for the week. But uh, No Name, No Name, No Name, formerly No Name Gypsy, but changed her name because I was too offensive. But No Name is now in the news for uh, some comments that she made about, and I don't know when people are gonna learn to stop coming at Beyonce, but she made some comments about uh, the new visual album that the Queen Bee dropped. Um, and expressed some sentiments that I think a lot in the woke crowd expressed mm-hmm. and dealt with the repercussions of such. So I'm going to read the tweet from No Name and I'm probably read one or two replies. Can I pause you for one second? Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I would just like to point out maybe why some of the people who haven't really spoken to Tori and Meg situation is So when you start talking about shit without knowing the facts, this is about to happen to you.
0: This is what happens. So no name goes uh, on Twitter. We love an African aesthetic draped in capitalism. Hope we remember the black folks on the continent whose daily lives are impacted by U.S. imperialism. If we can uplift the imagery, I hope we can uplift those who will never be able to access it. Black liberation is a global struggle. Uh, on the surface, I think a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I see what she's saying. Mm-hmm. To me, this sounded like pure fuckery <laughs> the moment that I saw it. It just sounds dumb. We're talking about, so what she's commenting on is the new, I guess, visual album from Beyonce yeah. that she dropped. That is, What's Afrocentric that? is not really the, the name of the aesthetic here, right? Huh. I think Black is King or Black is God or some shit is the name of the... Yeah, of the album. The Lion King, The Gift. (laughs) Blackest King. Blackest King, yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, this visual album has hella African art and imagery and actual personnel involved with all of this as well, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And to me, (laughs) that tweet in and of itself is just pure fuckery. It's haterism, it's anti-blackness, it's so much shit wrapped up in one, and for it to come from No Name, who is like, queen woke, yeah, is kind of wild to me.
1: But, okay, I think that's the, the prime example of being too woke. Yes. So I don't know if it falls into those things intentionally, but because she felt like there was a segment of people that weren't being upped and big, like bigged up and like getting props for, she assumed one thing when the reality of that situation was completely different. So, yeah, if you're going to be woke, you got to have your facts.
0: Yeah, (laughs) this is the epitome of too woke for the week. I feel like she was trying to uplift and defend people who didn't need uplifting or defending in this situation. Or ask for it. Or ask for it or any of that. So, like, while she was trying to make some points about I think the things that are very relevant, I I also just feel like they didn't apply here. Yeah. Right. Um, And the continent got her ass together real motherfucking quick. Um, This one woman goes, the problems that we have haven't been caused by Beyonce. Neither is it her responsibility to fix them. She is doing her part to help bring visibility to the beauty in us. We don't need your divisive tone telling us what we should or shouldn't appreciate. You're not our mouthpiece. couple of things about that response <laughs> tweet. Um, yeah, I'm
1: sorry, <laughs> right. Because that's hilarious. Because yeah. I'm so this is sad. a
0: this is an African woman who lives in Africa right. responding to Nones like, bitch. What the fuck are you talking about? That's number one. Number two. I thought it was interesting that this is someone else calling out No Names Tone specifically about something. I don't, wanna, I don't know what we want to do with that information. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that is very interesting. Uh, there's a lot of tweets here of people reading her from Phil, and these are all African folks yeah. like, in the diaspora. who either fuck with no names music or like fuck with her to some extent to just be replying to her and uh, uh, yeah somebody goes uh, (laughs) fake woke fake deep
1: Mm. I think this is also another example of where people using the internet to validate them or they expect to be validated when in fact the internet will invalidate you no matter who you are so you always have to come correct with those expectations of the internet. Because clearly, when she made the statements to J. Cole, she got all the backing you know, from all the people. But now, J. Cole ain't Beyonce. So you got to hear facts whenever you come from I'm going to read one more tweet, and then I'm going to tell you what the actual difference is in these
0: situations. Okay. The other tweet is, Africans are happy like it's a holiday, but you just want to ruin it for us. We love Beyonce more than we love you. <laughs> You know what the difference is? What's that? Do you know who's holding no name accountable in this situation? Mm-hmm. Black women. You know who was holding her accountable when it came to J. Cole? Black men. Mm. That is the difference. Because when black men were trying to hold her accountable in defense of J. Cole, that's all that it was, or at least perceived to be, was defense of J. Cole. Okay. Right? Coming out of black women in defense of a man. But now that she says some shit that black women and specifically the black women that she was talking about Mm -hmm. have the opportunity to be like, "Uh, nah, that ain't the thing. And that, I think, is just being received very differently than
1: the situation she was in. I mean, I guess we kind of talked about this before where like. Who's gonna hold oppressed people oppressed? And I think I mentioned the same people within that group. Yep.
0: So, yeah, this is the exact example yeah, of so how I it works. It's harder.
1: <laughs> it's the same people of that group.
0: And it's more accepted. I think it's more of a, a learning opportunity, too. It seems mm-hmm. less of a let's just pile on and shit on you yeah. when it's your people trying to gather you and bring you together real quick, right? Like, mm-hmm. it just feels different. It doesn't feel as adversarial so uh, to speak. Even though, like, they were reading her the fuck for filth, but yeah. nobody, from what I read, nobody was coming at her character, who she is as a person. Any of that shit, they were really just, just saying, yo. Just
1: educate
0: her. Exactly. You fucked up with this statement. That ain't how we feel, and yeah. you don't speak for us. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. Nobody said, bitch, your songs suck. You ain't True. even broke the billboard file. You know what I'm saying? True. You can never hold me up. Nobody was taking that angle to it. It was definitely, uh, It it didn't take that petty approach. It was, hey, Mm. you're misinformed. This is how we actually feel, et cetera. And I think that that was just received differently when it came from folks who shared that identity. Like you said, it's just less room for distracting in other conversations
1: to be had, which I thought was dope. Do you mind if I call out Beyonce for a moment? Oh, I don't. Let's hear it. All right. So I'm excited about this. (laughs) <laughs> well, we know how the beehive works, so I'm, I'm expecting some kind of repercussions. This is not about necessarily about what Beyonce did, per se, as far as what she showed in her, um, what did you call it? Uh, visual, visual album. album. Mm-hmm. This is more about how Beyonce... Doesn't support black women. Um, so, for instance, Brandy released a new album this week. Mm-hmm. Great album, right? I don't know. I didn't hear it. Yeah, you know why you didn't hear it? Because Beyonce. I have a lot going on. No, this because week. of Beyonce. <laughs> no, she buried that, that shit. All the news and all the music and news. All the music and news. The music all the news. <laughs> all the news and music is Beyonce. Which I felt like she kind of—I don't think this was intentional. So this is a joke yes, good for, for people that don't understand that part. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fucked up. Um, Beyonce dropped when she did because Brandy released a new album, and I don't remember the last time she released the album. Mm. You know? So you
0: saying that Beyonce is out here stepping on the spotlight for other black women, knowing yeah. that she's gonna soak it up when she could have released next week. Yeah. Let Brandy Bree
1: for a week. You know mm-hmm. you Beyonce. You know whenever you are going to be hit. I feel like we didn't learn about this. I'm not a Beyonce expert, but I feel like we didn't learn about this album until maybe a f- couple days ago. I don't know if it's been known for a long time this was coming out. I have no idea. Yeah. I, mean, um, I didn't know about it. But that's well, I feel like the much. Brandy album, released least a week, maybe two weeks prior. This, but, but I've also been hearing about this Brandy album all fucking year. Yeah, I mean, I posted a Timberland clip on my Instagram a couple of weeks ago where he was working with Brandy. So I guess I could tell at least that it was something was being it done. Works. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I feel like I've been hearing about this Brandy project all of 2020. <laughs> I, 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 I do feel like I've been hearing about this for a long time.
1: So I guess I just kind of want to sneak in listening to listen to that Brandy album when you're done watching his visual album. But that being said, that was not... I think the best, neither one of those were the best musical offerings of the week. What was the best musical offering of the week then? Good, sir. Just g Easy no, I was playing. (laughs) Goddamn, I still haven't listened to that
0: rock album.
1: (laughs) This is dude, this brother I randomly came across, um, R&B singer named Elliot Trent, that released the EP called Into the uh, Night. Okay. Uh, I was playing a couple songs, I don't know if you caught them, but uh, it's a really good, Dope EP, I think it's like five or seven songs on there, but they're all really well made, great R&B, sexy R&B if you're um, into that type of thing. I I thought it was the best musical offering overall. Um, Both, I haven't watched the Beyonce, so I can't speak on it, but I'm sure it's amazing. But I listened to the Brandy album, it was really good. It's what you expected from a, a Brandy album. Good lyrics, good beats, amazing singing. But uh, this Elliot Trent I thought was real nice, so uh, I would recommend that one. I would definitely have to check that out. I gotta, actually I have to make a
0: playlist tonight uh, for tomorrow. But um, there was uh Have you heard of this kid called Tim the Mailman?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> there was a song I came across. Tim the, That sounds like a white rapper. Is it Tim
0: the Mailman or... Tom the Mailman or something like that.
1: I might be up there for one of the worst rap names I've ever heard. The bus driver is up there. Even though the bus driver is well accomplished and not too many people know about him because he's a a writer for Dr. Trey. Yes. Terrible Mm -hmm. rap
0: name. I gotta find this but this kid had a song that I was gonna put on our Spotify playlist. (laughs) Shameless plug. Uh, But it was was like pretty fucking good. I I was a little surprised. Um, oh the other thing you know what I did I think it was yesterday I went into a motherfucking old school R&B like soul rabbit hole some Bill Withers some Sam Cooke some Luther type Can't shit can wrong with them Ooh, I felt like I was born in the fucking 40s bro like that <laughs> shit <laughs> that shit had me crooning in my living room that shit felt amazing um, and that is my self medication for the week Uh, I was listening to old school music and jamming like it was my grandparents when I was a little shorty. It's so funny because when I was a kid, I used to hate, hate, hate R&B. Really? With a passion. Yeah. Only because... I was a kid and I just have a very anti-personality and all of my family members would talk shit about rap and hip hop mm. and only play R&B. So. Uh, I feel like <laughs> certain R&B
1: you can't really appreciate until you have certain experiences that as well. That is
0: a big fact and yeah. that is what turned me around. I remember the first time I fell in love and playing an R&B song, I was like, oh, this is what they've been singing about the whole time? <laughs> I like it. Uh, but my self-medication for the week was definitely listening to some like old, soulful, iconic voices. Yeah. Um, expressing emotion through like song. You know <laughs> again more will be revealed but uh, emotional expression through words is something that's just been on my mind a lot mm. this week. Um, and to hear and be able to feel the passion um, and the, the emotion behind some of them words of them old school just R&B songs man. I listen to uh, grandma's hands, mm, grandma's hands, <sighs> man and it's just certain shit like obviously these songs are iconic songs mm-hmm. but it's just certain points and certain like times of these songs where it's like like you catch your breath it's like oh shit I, that, <laughs> that that hit me a certain way right yeah um, I don't know it was just it, it was it was it really felt great um, what was the What was the one song? I think it was the Sam Cooke song. That like. Was uh, oh! Oh no! 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 Yeah, that was one because I saw a video on that. Do you know what it actually was? Ah, this is funny. We may or may not need to cut this, depending uh-huh. on. Oh no, we don't have to cut it. "A Door,"
1: by Prince. <laughs> what? How do <did> you Sam Cooke? <laughs> Have you uh, ever heard "A Door" by Prince? I have. Yeah, I was. Uh, mm, I was dating a woman that was older than me, and she was a huge Prince fan. And I was trying to get into eighties music, and she recommended some songs. and Door" one of those songs.
0: That song has, to me, one of the best, uh, best songs. Best. I don't even know how to say this. He harmonized two words. The best that I've ever heard two words harmonize. In <laughs> that song, when he goes, heavenly angels. In the second verse, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. That shit, to this day, st- uh, sends chills down my spine. Mm. But that song, "Adora," is a great song. Um, it is. Yeah, it was super relevant. What was your self-medication for the week? Mine was old school music,
1: soulful soulful voices. <laughs> um, Mine was a little peculiar. But um, I've been watching videos of people that I don't necessarily agree with. Mm. So these people, they would probably claim themselves to be like conservative, moderate individuals. Like a Ben Shapiro type. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: um, They have like controversial views in the like society seems it but yeah. low key they're not as yeah. controversial as yeah. you might think
1: yeah like uh, one of the ones I was watching was they were talking about does race institutional racism still exist mm. and like I forgot the brother's name. Uh, he's not a brother, he's a white guy. <laughs> but I forgot the gentleman's name. <laughs> <laughs> but he has a series, uh, Change My Mind, so some of you might know it just based off of that. But uh he was on he goes to like different places, especially seems like college campuses to debate mm-hmm. um the students. Uh, well, and I thought the institutional racism one was interesting because I think it's very difficult to prove Institutional racism now because it was so obvious in the past, Mm -hmm. but now it's not as obvious, so things work a little different. And like it was hard for people to could argue against him because of course he can't prepare with data and statistics. But like hearing them talk to him made me realize that People like him, you're never going to be able to win using data and statistics. Right, because they it's got things, statistics, <laughs> right? <laughs> like. Not just that, but it's things that are encompasses the experience the individual has. That if you're not of that same type of background, you would never experience. Mm. So, like to me, it made me realize when I'm talking to these type of people, I would have to try to create analogies or situations where they would realize that. Right. So, like. I'm pretty sure the gentleman in the video doesn't have that same fear of police officers um, pulling him over, right? Mm -hmm. Because his interactions as a white man have probably been completely different. Whereas a black person, yes, statistically speaking, they might not be as likely to be murdered or killed or be arrested as a white person. That doesn't mean that experience of seeing the abuse or um, having it perpetrated against your grandparents and them talking to you about it or your parents talking to you about it. He doesn't have that history. So like those experiences are something he never would be able to account for in statistics, but the individual that's had those experiences are going to feel a certain way. Hmm. So I think that kind of at least the moral of this story is I feel like a lot of times people don't seek out information that goes against what they think, yeah. and they miss out on kind of either honing their arguments better, or gaining a better understanding of where someone's coming from, or maybe they might just be dead out wrong and they didn't know because they never heard an opposing opinion, Right. And they just want to yell things into the echo chamber, so... I no, that's it. a really good point. Two, two things is one on the, you're right, it's almost
0: impossible to prove institutional raci- uh, racism now. It's because the very practices and policies embedded in the function of these institutions mm-hmm. are racist. Yeah. And so they're no longer like practices, that's just how they operate. And so it's even more institutionalized racism, if that makes yeah. sense. So like, for example, the fact that motherfuckers use GPA to make college admissions decisions, knowing the inequities that exist between different school systems of black and brown people and white people, knowing mm. that GPA is not an accurate depiction of college success, knowing all of these things, they still use that to make college admissions decisions. That is institutional racism. But. It can also be
1: described as so many other things. Because they would argue, are, like, what standard did you did exactly. you use then to measure? Okay, exactly. go to these schools.
0: The other thing that I would say is that's one of the things that I like. One of my um, biggest wishes for the woke crowd is to start listening to the people who disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Way to I, I I'm in a lot of these spaces in both work and my personal life. Um, And the problem, one of of the things that irks me so much, is I would say a good 98, 95 and 98% (laughs) of their time is spent talking to people that agree with them. Mm. And that's just so inefficient. These people already fucking agree with you. What are you saying? Uh, You're saying things for what reason? You should be talking to people that are either on the fence And, like, having a conversation with you is either going to sway them or you should be talking to people who oppose you to the teeth. Yeah. Because that's going to make you open up to their viewpoint, understand where they're coming from, and hone your own arguments against them. Exactly. That's one of the things that drives me nuts when we sit Mm -hmm. here and have, like, a fucking protest and everybody at the protest and everybody that you're yelling at agrees with you.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, that doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Uh, uh, uh. But what the fuck do I know? I'm just the host of the Self Medicated Podcast, man. <laughs> and this has been your Self Medicated Podcast for August 3rd. I am your host, Troy Aleem, aka The Wayfair, aka Quentin Quarantino, aka The Banter Boss, aka Jon Snow, because I know nothing, aka Mr. Super Cadrofragilistic Espialidosis, aka Mr. Whatever the fuck. All right. <laughs> that, 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 aka is not going to last. It's too much. Um, here, as always, with my co host, Captain of the Igloo, Young, Popular, and Friendly, a.k.a. The Box Hunter, <laughs> a.k.a. One Pop Poppy. Um, and again, this is your self medicated podcast for this week. Uh, y'all know what it is, man. We out.